listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, Oasis. Uh, My name is Alex Howell, if you don't know me. um, I've been part of Oasis for about nine years now. I uh, came from the Chicagoland area to start studying at Southeastern, and uh, quickly Oasis became uh, my home. Um, My wife and I have been here uh, since we both were first years at Southeastern, uh, which is fun. In these nine years, we have started our undergraduate careers, graduated, got our master's, got married, and now we have a son as well. So these nine years being part of this family, being part of this community uh, is amazing, and we love this community so much. Uh, and I am excited for this morning. I'm excited for uh, just this series. I love music. But Let It Be, um, and music specifically, has always been a song that uh, I have loved. I've always loved music. My dad uh, always played music within the house for us. Uh, he would play songs that were current, but also songs that he grew up with. So I grew up with the Mamas and the Papas, the Monkees, the Beach Boys, Chicago, being from Chicago, I had to listen to them. And uh, the Beatles as well. The Beatles was something, were a band that I was always listening to. Uh, everything from the three white albums and listening to Piggies. Um, if you know that song, you know how obscure that is. Uh, to then their last album, Let It Be, and listening to everything in between there as well. Uh, I loved singing the songs with my dad um, as he would play piano. Uh, and ballads were always something that I loved the most because they were the easiest to learn the words for. Um, and I didn't, and I was able to, you know, try and do a riff, try and do anything like that. Um, and Let It Be was something we always listened to uh, as kids. And then in my adolescent years, I vaguely remember listening to it during a breakup, um, just trying to remind myself it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, and just to let it be. Um, but I think that this song specifically is going to be a song that's going to stand the test of time, that uh, its anthem, its message to listeners will be something that obviously has stand the test of these past 60 years since it was written and will continue for the next 60 years to come. Uh, Like Robbie was saying last week, music is a driving force um, that can connect us um, and stands the test of time because of the message that it has. Uh, And I think it's interesting how Let It Be was written. And so uh, Let It Be was one of the last songs on um, that the Beatles wrote. It was written in 1969, right when um, the Beatles were starting to try to come together for their last album. But this was um, right after about three years of them not being together, not making music. Uh, Ringo, John, and George had kind of been out living with their significant others, their wives, and um, just being out away because they had been the Beatles. They had been the greatest band, and they wanted some peace and some quiet. Whereas Paul McCartney was doing the exact opposite. You know, he was going around, he was partying and everything in between. And uh, the story goes that Paul will say is that he, after a night of partying, he came home, went straight to sleep and was visited by his mother, Mary McCartney, in a dream. And in this dream, she came to him and said, it will be all right, just let it be. And so he woke up, went to the piano, which he laughs about because piano was not his first instrument, but he goes straight to the piano, begins to write, and we now have this song, um, which 
I think it's just beautiful um, the way that it kind of came about, you know, and then we see, and there's a documentary coming uh, next month where we're looking and seeing how the Beatles kind of created this last album and their last years together. And you get to, and we can see a little bit of how Let It Be spoke to each of the members within that. Um, and Paul McCartney will always say that that's the true story. That's how Let It Be was written. That's the inspiration behind it. But he encourages the listeners and everyone to interpret it for themselves and to um, add it in and glean from it what you can. So for today, the way that I have seen Let It Be so often, um, and specifically right now in this season, is I've seen it as a prayer. Um, and so I, as we kind of move into this, I think I would just like to look at it as a prayer, as a prayer um, for peace, as a prayer for contentment. Uh, there's a psalm by David uh, that specifically, I think, kind of is connected to it. It's Psalm 37, 1 through 11. So let me just read that for you guys quickly. Uh, David writes, Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way or over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Yet a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. I think this psalm and let it be are both messages of the same thing. You know, um, Paul had been, Paul McCartney had been striving, had been kind of going, going, going. He was worried about where music was going to be in his life, where his best friends were and what he was going to do with his life at this point. And the Israelites are worried about their security. They are worried about being taken care of. They are worried about prospering. And in both of these, we get an answer. You know, we get the whispering words of wisdom let it be, or as David puts it, be still. And I think that that is the message, you know? David's answer, be still, can also be Paul McCartney's message, let it be. And so as, we're, as I'm thinking about that, let's just look at a few of the lyrics and just fair warning, they don't rhyme as well, they may not be as musical, but I think the message is still right there. Um, Paul McCartney writes, and when the brokenhearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, be still. For though they may be parted, there's still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer. Be still. And then the last line in the chorus, whisper words of wisdom. Be still. Looking at just a few verses in Psalm 37 specifically, verse 4, he says again, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight, you know. And as, as we begin to delight in the Lord, as we begin to spend time with him, as we begin to sit with the Lord, it says our desires, we get the desires of our hearts. Uh, and I don't know about you, but so often when I first think that when I read this, uh, my immediate thought was, oh, cool, I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to get that new car. I'm going to get the house. Uh, I'll get those looks. Whatever, you know, my desire is in that moment. Uh, but I don't think that's what David is saying at all. And I don't think that's where uh, we are at. 
um, in this psalm, I think what it is saying is as we sit with the Lord, as we begin to be still, as we begin to let it be and commit our way to the Lord, our desires become what his desires are. We begin to be reformed. We begin to be rewired. We begin to be reshaped in a way that then models the desires of the Lord. You know, we begin to see that the striving, the running around, the chasing different things is not what's actually going to bring us happiness. But by being still and by letting it be, that is where true joy can come from. And I think, I don't want to speak for Paul McCartney, but I think that's what he's saying. You know, after years of striving, after years of this, he doesn't know what's going on. And then he's visited by his mother and she tells him to let it be. You know, maybe Paul realized that the accomplishments, being the greatest band in the world, putting out another album, doing the concert on the roof, which is the coolest thing in the world, isn't what's going to bring him happiness. You know, that's not where it's at. The striving for the wrong things, he just needs to let it be. Which then brings us right into verse seven that says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. I think we've talked about be still, but looking at the second part where it says, do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Our culture is built in a way because of social media, because of the many ads that we see, and whether you're on a streaming service or you have cable, you know, um, it's usually about 10 to 15 minutes of that per uh, program. But you are always now being introduced to things that you don't have. You know, whether it's that new car, it's the new clothes, it's the new iPhone. Um, we have all these new commercials now for different houses and everything. And so there's always a moment now where we can compare ourselves, even while driving around, you know, when we're scrolling through Instagram, there's a moment of seeing something that maybe we don't have and that we want. And there, there have been studies done where because of social media specifically, we are now experiencing more anxiety as a culture and as individuals than ever before. You know, they're now talking about what does it mean to hone in on social media, to really kind of put some binders on this so that then we can be a less anxious people, which, you know, the Bible has many verses on what it means to be anxious. I have one tattooed on my arm um, that says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, because he cares for you, you don't have to worry about what's next. You don't have to worry about what is to come because he cares for you. He has you. Just like in this, you know, do not fret about what's happening around you. Don't worry if they're making their own plans. Don't worry if you are sitting here and you're not running and you're not doing all this, but you see someone else and they seem to be succeeding everywhere. Be still. Let it be wait patiently on the Lord. Uh, there's another verse that ties directly to verse seven. Um, in Isaiah 30, 15, it says, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall your strength be. And I think those are so counter-cultural, at least for me, what I see so often as strength and so often of what I see as ways to succeed, you know? Rest is something that I think we, as a culture, and I don't think that we have a very good idea of what it looks like to rest well. What does it mean to sit back, to unplug, to just take a breath, to let it be and to be still? 
Uh, and then even with quietness, you know, we have these phones, we have these iPads, we have computers, we have all these things that are always filling up the space that we have. We even have AirPods now, so you don't even have to be connected to a wire and you can be listening to something and always have a voice in your ear. And those, that, that quietness, it seems so hard to find now. It seems impossible to be able to find space to just be still and to be quiet. But I, in Isaiah, it says, that's where your strength is. It's not in your yelling. It's not in your boasting. It's not in your screaming. It's not in your, look at what I can do. But it's in the quietness. It's in the stillness. It's in the letting it be. But I think also it's not just our quietness, our stillness, but it's in our quietness and in our stillness, then we are able to sit in the quietness and in the stillness of the Lord and be able then to have perspective, be able to see, oh, this, this is where the Lord is. This, now I understand who God is. I see now what, the God, what God is doing, how he is working in these moments. I think that that is hard to do. Um, it's not an easy thing, but it is a beautiful thing, you know? Um, there are so many moments in the Bible where we have be still, where we have that, you know, we see Jesus going to a quiet place to pray, going out into the wilderness, and that is where he is formed. And so we, we want to be like Jesus. We want to do what Jesus did, so then therefore we have to find that way. Um, I have always loved movies along with always loving music. Uh, specifically, I love the stories where the hero starts over here and is absolutely nothing. And then by the end of the story is here and has become something, become the savior. And my favorite movie of all time um, is the Star Wars saga, specifically the first three, the original three. Now, those I think are the best. They will always be the best. Um, and I could talk for days and days and days on that. But for today, what I just want to talk about is Luke's journey. Um, and I'm sorry if you haven't seen the movie and I'm spoiling something, I apologize. But so Luke starts off on a planet and no one knows who he is and then um, begins to be trained by a master, by Yoda. And while he's there, he is complaining. He is upset. He's not getting to do what he wants to do. And he knows that there's more that needs to be done. And he's being impatient. And he doesn't know what's going on. He's being loud. He can't lift anything. He can't do what he knows he's supposed to be doing. And there's a moment then when he's in his frustration and he just sits on the ground. And his master comes to him. And then there's this beautiful moment where he talks about the force, you know, the spiritual entity of that galaxy and talks about what it means to be connected, what it means to really see this. And you see this moment in the story where Luke now is in this stillness and in this quietness. And from that point on, he moves forward and he kind of moves into this next stage of his life. He gets the perspective of what he is supposed to do and what is going on. And he gets the perspective that the force is there. You know, and I think that is just an example, you know, where when we sit in the quietness, when we sit in the stillness of the Lord, when we take a moment to be still, when we take a moment to let it be, we then get the perspective that God is working, that God is there, that God hasn't left, 
you know, that God is still moving, is still speaking. And sometimes it just takes us sitting there and being quiet for a minute. And that doesn't mean that what's going on around us may change. You know, the chaos might still be there. The heartache that we read and let it be is still there, you know. Um, the darkness, all these moments, the darkest hour, they're still there. But now we have that perspective that no longer does it mean, well, I have to strive to get out of this darkness. I have to strive to heal this moment, heal myself. No, all I have to do is just let it be, and the Lord is going to work, and the Lord is going to move. You know, he gives us that desire for peace and that desire for contentment, and then we're able to move forward, and we're able to sow that. We're able to give that to others through our own actions, through our own walking in that peace, walking in that contentment that can only come from the stillness and the quietness of the Lord. But, you know, practically speaking, how do we, how do, we do that? How do we foster moments of stillness? How do we foster moments of quietness in a culture, in a day where we are always moving, where we are always connected to something? You know, even right now as I'm talking about it, I have an iPad in front of me with a screen. There's always something that can vie for my attention. Uh, one uh, very practical way is Sabbath. You know, Sabbath is a 24-hour period throughout the week where, I, and traditionally I believe it was the Friday night to the Saturday night, but it's a 24-hour period where we realize our limitations, that we cannot strive, that we cannot do everything, that we cannot continue to work, you know, that we, that we must rest. God rested on the seventh day, so what makes us think that we can't, that we can keep going more than seven days, you know? Uh, this is a time to be thankful for what God has brought us in this past six days, how he has brought us through these six days, and then to be re-energized, rejuvenated for the six days to come. The day of doing different activities that will foster moments of peace and foster moments of connectivity with the Lord, you know? So some will paint, some will read, some will draw, some will go on walks, some will cook. Different things that bring you joy. That is the idea of the Sabbath, you know? And Sabbath then becomes a practice of connecting, but also of a resistance against the culture of more, against this idea of I need more, I need to strive more, I need this, I need that. And instead it just becomes a moment of, I get to have peace. I get to just enjoy God's presence. Another very practical one that we can do on a daily basis uh, comes from Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. Um, it's called the Recollection Meditation or the uh, Palms Down, Palms Up Meditation. Uh, we have a video that we will be posting on uh, our social media. So if you would like to practice this, you'll be able to see it. I believe it's going to be up after the service. But uh, what Foster says is you kind of get into a comfortable position, so whether that's sitting um, with your feet planted on the ground, whether that's sitting cross-legged, um, whatever is going to be comfortable for you. And then you symbolically kind of put your palms down, and whether that's kind of over your knees, over your lap, again, what's comfortable for you. And you begin to say, Lord, I give you my anger. You know, I give you my frustration with what is going on right now. I give you my desire for the job. I give you my desire for this, my desire for that. I release my anxiety to you. I release my wanting for this. And you just sit there. And sometimes you may say palms down. 
Um, but really it's the idea of sitting and releasing and sitting and enjoying that presence and really sitting at the feet of the master and letting go of your cares and your worries at his feet. And once then you have done this, you then turn your palms up. And this is a moment then when you're not asking for anything. You're only receiving whatever the Lord has for you in that moment. So sometimes you may feel a very specific thing. You may feel that peace. You may feel that joy. But all you have to pray is, I receive your spirit, you know? And you let the Lord move in those moments. You let the Lord give you what you need in that moment. These, these actions, these practices, this idea of letting it be and being still isn't only just about finding a moment of peace and finding a moment of quietness within our culture of chaos and our culture of more and our chaos of go, 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 go. These ideas of being still and finding these moments of letting it be are about ruling our actions and making moments of little communion with God. You know, finding those moments where you get to just sit in the presence and be in the presence of the Lord and really let it I think that this, this is just such a beautiful song, and I'm so excited for getting to share this with my son one day, um, just as my dad shared it with me, and get to walk with him and teach him what it means to let it be and to be still. This, I believe, as we look in the Bible and we look at Jesus's life, is one of those key practices, key things that if we learn how to do it, not only then are we able to sit in the presence, you know, and be quiet, but we are also then able to be more of ourselves because we aren't rushing. We aren't moving around. We aren't running from place to place. You know, we aren't worried about what is next. We're not worried about what seems to be going on in front of us because we understand that the Lord is there. The Lord is working and the Lord is with us in the quietness just like he is with us in the chaos. And he never leaves. And all he asks is to let it be and to be still and know that he is God. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.